0: The Influencer's Edge is brought to you by the Invisible Influence Series. If you're ready to massively increase your sales by leveraging the power of subconscious persuasion, then make sure you text the word COMPEL to 411 That's COMPEL to 411-321. And if you're outside of the United States, then use WhatsApp and text the word COMPEL to 1. Make sure you put in your best email address because that's how we'll deliver the goodies. Welcome to the Influencer's Edge. This is the place where you come to get the latest breakthroughs, cutting-edge insights, tools, and techniques to leapfrog over the pack in sales, persuasion, and influence. Be sure you visit our website at www.theinfluencersedge.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now sit back, tune in, and enjoy today's episode. All right, welcome to The Influencers Edge. It would be safe to say that among the many guests we've had, our guest today is certainly the most interesting and the most multifaceted and he is Rich, do you pronounce it Goosey or Guzzy?
1: Yeah, Goosey is good.
0: Goosey. Yeah. Now, Rich is fantastic as a guest because he has a background in black ops, and we'll get into what that means. He's been doing comedy for God knows how many years, and he's also a fabulous hypnotist. <laughs> um, so let's dive in. I'm just going to read a little bit of our your biography. We have a mutual friend in Chase Hughes who has been on the show. And Chase is both a student of mine. I'm also um, a mentor to Chase and he's a mentor to me. So let's dive in about you. So Rich is a multi-talented individual, renowned as a corporate presenter, entertainer, and peak performance expert with his exceptional Black Ops closing protocol. Stop right there. My audience is more and more responsive to any show I do that people are in the mind control, brainwashing, psyops. So let's talk. What do you mean? What do you mean by black
1: ops? So black ops is kind of like in Harry Potter, they have the black arts. So this is unconventional, uh, covert, very tricky tactical techniques to close sales.
0: But uh, my question for you is: Originally, do you have black ops background in the military, like our friend Chase? Or, or...
1: I, I was I was never in the military. However, I have many years in the field, and as Chase will tell you, I'm kind of like uh, a self taught practitioner. So you have um, guys who are kind of like naturals at doing a certain uh, a certain uh, specific, uh, I guess, task. I happened to be one of those guys where I just was able to do it naturally. Then I started melding those techniques with the teachable items to show others how I, how I would do it. So yeah, right. no military background, but um, I have 45 plus years in the field um, with experience doing it.
0: Okay. Interesting. We'll dive into what that means shortly. You also have a background doing comedy comedian headlining clubs across the nation within just nine months all right let's talk about how being doing comedy did you do stand-up or or comedy
1: yeah i I was an actual stand-up comedian before i actually did the hypnosis uh comedy show so um i was very enamored with comedy at a very early age i started doing it professionally in my like i guess a mid-20s or so uh just doing regular stand-up comedy you know i go on stage i would just tell jokes And people would laugh. They pay me money. Um, I was very lucky that I met this guy, Joey Cola, like right in the beginning of my career. Um, His dad was actually my little league baseball coach. So we had this common bond to Italian guys from Long Island. And he was already a headliner um, before, you know, because he was in the game even longer than I was. And he kind of nurtured me and took me under his wing and showed me how to be a headliner. So within nine months, I went from being a newbie all the way to closing, closing shows. Because of his tutelage, so I was, yeah, um, yeah I, I was very lucky to, to find him as a as a as a resource.
0: That sounds, I am again. We'll dive deeper into what you do in terms of coaching corporate clients, and I don't know. Do you also coach entrepreneurs? Is it mainly corporate clients?
1: No, no it's, uh, it's entrepreneurs as well. You know, a lot of my people are doctors, lawyers, financial guys. You know, who want to be able to be the influential person in the room. Okay. So I'm very curious. First of all, stand-up
0: comedy is a brutal, brutal game.
1: Hard business. There's 200 guys on the planet making a living at it. (laughs) So that's less than major league baseball players, football players, whatever. 200 guys, 200 and less people making a legitimate living doing it.
0: So how did that prepare you or did it prepare you to have the persistence? Because it's not easy to be successful as an entrepreneur, so how yeah. did that did that in any way map over into your ability to be successful at what you're doing right now yeah, and the persistence no, that it requires?
1: Yeah, no, no question about it. Because um, every, every um every week I always tell people, so there's um x amount of venues to play and there's ten thousand comedians trying to get them. So every week there's like ninety nine percent unemployment in in the comedy business. So do you, for you to be able to be booked continuously every week is like a is very big abnormality. So uh, for some reason, I was really good at getting bookers to book me into the venues. And I, I again, my my claim to fame. One of them is that I've, I've done ten thousand plus shows over the course of a thirty-plus year career. So it means I averaged three hundred shows a year for thirty years in a row, which again is almost like a statistical impossibility. Uh, but the stead, you know, the the steady, um, relentlessness of me attacking all the time, and My philosophy is excellence. You know, when you have excellence and people see excellence, kind of everything happens on autopilot. So it got to be where eventually I wouldn't have to book any more shows in because everybody knew me ahead of time. My reputation preceded it. So everybody knows that this guy delivers. This guy's going to bring people, you know, bodies in the door. This guy's going to do a fantastic show. So, but by them knowing that ahead of time, I already got booked out of default. And realizing that, That's what's the strategy of my entire life and my entire process. That's what I teach. I teach people be excellent. If you're excellent, then people are going to say yes, because your reputation precedes you. It's kind of like that episode with um, Happy Days when Richie gets beat up by the two biker guys. And then Fonzie comes in and saves the day. And then Richie says, I want to be a tough guy too, Fonzie. Show me how to be a tough guy. So Fonzie, the whole episode shows him how to be this tough guy. And he says, listen, he goes, if you act tough and act crazy, the bullies usually back down. So that's the hope. That's the Fonz's tutelage. So at the end of the episode, the two biker guys grab a hold of him again and start roughing him up. He said, Richie starts acting crazy. I remember. And they're not backing down. And he goes, Fonz, they're not backing down. And Fonz goes, Oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you, everybody knows I can kick some ass. You don't have that reputation. So nobody's gonna believe you. And he goes, Oh, <laughs> he goes, That was a very important detail to leave out there, Fonz. <laughs> so, but it's the exact same thing. Once you have this persona, once you have the reputation, once you do that, your job is 80% done. All the technical stuff after that, based you know, tactical skills and techniques, is a very small percentage of getting the job done. So I say, why don't we build reputation? Work on reputation building. That's the training you should really be taking. Do that. Become the man, become the lady, become the one. If you could do that. Most of the job is done already for
0: you. All right. So let's dive in a little bit more. To build a, a reputation and requires visibility. It requires excellence and it requires tenacity. So I understand there's techniques for visibility. Uh, you can hire a social media consultant. Mm-hmm. And let's so let's dive into... Excellence and how your black ops, I don't know what you mean. Again, let's expand what black ops means and how you teach that and what that does for your corporate clients. So, does black ops include teaching excellence and tenacity and techniques of sneaky persuasion? Like I I love I love to be crafty and
1: sneaky. I think it's fantastic. Yep. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So Being the person, being like, you know, the the showman in the room, being the influencer in the room, once you've established that, you've, you've created that character, then the other things become super easy. So yes, you can hire a social media expert to do stuff for you. However, there's people who their videos go viral, sometimes by accident, but most of the times it happens because the person has this special thing about them. I call it the it factor, you know, this special magical ingredient, and it's the exact same thing in business when people say oh man i'm more skilled than that guy that guy stinks yet somehow they're more successful than you and it it agitates people i tell them i know i can tell the exact reason they have more it factor than you they have and and i got into a big fight with this guy very prominent guy I'll, i'll keep the guy's names out of it but he was agitated because i told him well you have to up your it factor he goes what are you talking about he goes even though you're you're well known Without that secret ingredient, it's always going to be a little off. So you have to have that special persona about you. And well, once you've well, that.
0: Well, you're really, uh, you're really teasing us here, which is great. I like guests who tease and get. And I think that's part of having the it factors you
1: get. Right. So yes, exactly. But it's, well, it's, it's five categories. The factor is five categories. It's confidence, charisma, communication skills, clothes, what you look like, and your celebrity effect. So those five categories combined together was going to give you your it factor score, and your it factor score on a zero to 025 will show you exactly how successful you're going to be at doing all the rest of the stuff and being excellent. So I put together a very cool system on how to create that and show you exactly. I can show you pretty precisely how successful you are by the four categories and and your scoring.
0: Okay. Of all of these, I think charisma, because the challenge that many people would say, I think that charisma, this is just me personally, but the show's not about me. It's about my Mm guests. I think charisma can be taught, but charisma doesn't necessarily mean being the most interesting lit up person in the room you're not the person who sucks all the air out of the room so what do you mean by charisma how charisma. do you train it and mm-hmm. uh,
1: go ahead you yeah. answer all right. charisma is charm plus power so a bum could be very charming hey man i'll give you these beads hey man hey come on hey check these out right and he can be very charming but he has no real charisma because he doesn't have the power element you have to combine both elements to get true charisma that's why I saw the best of all time, probably Bill Clinton, the most you know, charisma, charismatic guy comes on this. No matter where, what situation he's in, he owns the room. He owns the, the charisma category. He's the, one of the only guys scores a 25 in the category. So his charming personality and his ability to just be able to talk and influence the people and not make them feel unimportant just because he's more important, and then also show the power element as well with the way he's the way he's dressed the way he looks the way he sounds all those extra elements gives him true charisma and it elevates his status you know and again that's one of the five categories but that one right there is 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 a massive massive um, head start for the guy so
0: when you say power do you mean his power as the former president of the united states his position or do you, what do you mean by that? Because not everyone can be the president of the United States or have the status of the president.
1: Exactly, and and then sometimes that becomes the drawback. That's why it's really hard to score a twenty five in it factor, because you have to score a five in all five of the categories. It's very difficult. So it goes on a scale like this. So the easy points are in the beginning, but then as you get you know higher, it becomes more difficult to score the higher points. And yes, being the president is a very, that's the ultimate power position. And that's why he can score as high as he does. But an average person could also display power in lots of different ways. The look right away is a big one. So a guy falls down on the street and he's a bum dressed all, you know, you know trashy clothes, I forget. bum falls down on the street. People will literally walk over that body and move on where a guy with a suit and a fancy briefcase falls down, everybody's like, oh man, you're all right. And they're picking them up because of the perceived power element. And that right there starts the process. Then from there, we can go into other other areas, the way you speak, the way you sound, and your mannerisms, the way you move your body. All those extra elements can display power. It could also be as simple as the people you're hanging around with. All of a sudden you walk in with an entourage of people and they're all gushing over you. That power element all automatically elevates your status. So it could be your surroundings. It could be the car you pulled up in. There's lots of different, there's lots of different aspects that, that increase that charm. You add the power to it and you got the secret ingredient to making true charisma.
0: All right. Which now you one
1: of the five categories.
0: Okay. We'll get to the other ones. You are also an extremely experienced and skilled hypnotist. Can uh, can you use hypnotic techniques to install any of these elements of power, confidence, et cetera, et cetera? There's a big argument in the hypnotic community about installation. And uh, one of my, uh, if not the most famous guests on my show, Richard Bandler, talks a lot about installation. There's some people who say installation is bullshit, that you, it has to be a gradual process. Do you believe that you can take a person, depending on their hypnotic success, success, uh, Acceptability, susceptibility? Yeah. Excuse me, I had too much coffee this morning. <laughs> do you believe that you can install some of these factors or do they have to work on it or both? And how does that relate to, to mm-hmm. your clientele, your current
1: clientele? Oh, okay. So um, as a stage hypnotist, again, 10,000 shows shows—I have a massive body of work um, and experiments that I've done over the years. So um, I have a lot, lot of information to draw from. So the big thing for me is when hypnotists say you can't hypnotize somebody against their will, you can't make them do something against their nature. And I've busted both of those many, many times. In fact, every night on the stage, I do it. So I'm tired of hearing that old argument me too right right so i mean i'll you know i have like really badass hypnotic powers you know like induction skills i can walk down the street be a band playing in the background the guy's standing up don't even want to be hypnotized i'll knock him out in the street i got some i got some really rough and tumble techniques i've heard so if you get the subject deep enough depth then make the story real enough combined you can make them do anything Manchurian candidate type stuff, piece of cake to make that happen. So, installing thoughts about you having confidence and you having the charisma and installing those things to make you have more of the it factor and more of whatever things you need. Yes, I'm a big proponent. Yes, you can install that. However, I think that combined with learning actual tactical skills, makes the whole process come together for you so in other words guy wants to play the piano i can't hypnotize him super deep and say all of a sudden now you can play the piano he can't he doesn't have the actual tactical skills of being able to punch the keys step on the pedals to make the proper you know timing of the notes he doesn't have that however hypnotizing him to want to practice and practice playing the scales and being able to assimilate the information that the teacher now gives them. He could be a prodigy. He can actually bring that material in quicker and utilize it in a faster rate. So it's it's a dual effort here. You know, you got to do a little bit of everything to make it all come together and happen for you.
0: This brings up a idea in my mind, which is I'm having a, what's the word? A little trigger point here. I like to be honest with my guests and make this real. And the trigger for me is in my previous career, and people know this, it's an open secret for my audience that um, my other career, I am Ross Jeffries, or used to be, and taught very traumatized guys how to overcome that and get I'm just going to say it, get women. Some of them went on to find wives and some of them just whatever. But I also found it was much more difficult to deal, to install and I believe in installation. But when there's trauma there too, and if you have to deal with the trauma and that trauma is competing with the new stuff that you're installing, you've got a problem.
1: Absolutely. No question about it.
0: So my question is, when you're dealing with people who are your clientele, your entrepreneurs, your high-powered corporate executives, some people are driven to success because it's a reaction to their trauma, the at the bottom of that success is the trauma they're pushing against. So do you think there's a role in dealing with trauma? And, and do you have to deal with it when you work with your clients?
1: So what you're bringing up here is actually a a very, um, and I agree 100%. So and I think all problems are caused by some type of trauma in the back. In, in, depending, it could be small trauma. It could be a, a crazy large trauma. You know, people who've been in war-torn countries. Um, sometimes, and like you said, the conflict of the two things, battling against each other, requires multiple sessions to dig stuff out. Um, not erase it and eliminate it, but eliminate the emotional charge that it, that's that's hooked to it. Yeah, right. Because I'm, I'm not a big proponent of taking memories away. I, yeah. I don't. This is like a Back to the Future type situation. You know, you, you I, that that's that lesson still has to be learned. It should be in there. However, we want to take the emotional charge away. So, and sometimes this requires multiple multiple sessions to dig in, to dig into it all, and then start installing the new stuff on top of that. So. Yes, I, I agree with you 100%. That is that is definitely the case. Um, And I, I think, listen, I think everybody needs a hypnotist. I think it should be the same thing as a financial advisor, a doctor, a lawyer. You should, be, you should have your hypnotist. I mean, I, I work with some guys, you know, Um, and again, we'll, we'll keep names and stuff out of it. But here's a guy who is a very well-to-do, powerful individual. Got a big, successful coaching business. He's amazing. He's also a pretty tough guy. He's, he's into martial arts and stuff. And he's rough and tumble. In fact, it's so the art that he practices is so tough that while they're doing the moves and techniques, there's another guy walking around with a stick and he starts whacking people with the stick. So these are like tough characters. And he has a past trauma that happened when he was younger. So now he has an issue going forward. So he has a successful man who's also a tough guy who still needs a hypnotist to start digging some of these past little things out. So yes, everybody can benefit from this without without a doubt. But yes, it's gonna require sometimes multiple sessions. Sometimes it's super easy. You dig right in there, and bang, the guy's off to the races. It's like you were saying how some people experience a trauma, and they they break down. It just it makes them collapse. Some people they have a trauma and they go out and break records. You know, it's just right. I, so I'm one of those guys. Like my mother used to beat me with a stick. She used to have a track in the door, and and she she hated me because. Um, she, I reminded, um, her of my, of my father, who my father cheated. And what happened was now she feels like she's stuck in this relationship because she had me. And next thing you know, she takes the stick out, would beat me mercilessly with this stick. I'm sorry. You know, and listen, it is what it is, you know, but it may be the guy I am today because she would always say, I'm a loser never going to amount to nothing. And I said, I'm going to prove you wrong. But meanwhile, my brother, kind of collapsed under the pressure a little bit. And he's not hes not powerful. You know, he's just doing his thing. And again, I love him. I take care of him and stuff like that. But you can see that the trauma affected him in a totally different way. So sometimes those sessions are valuable. In fact, they're all always valuable, but sometimes it requires multiple things to get it out. And it, it requires a good therapist and a good practitioner to A, get the subject deep enough because the depth And that's why I tell every hypnotist, the depth is so massively important because the depth gives you the ability to do the work faster and more efficiently.
0: Yeah, I I I know there's six
1: levels, right? You could get work done at level one and two and three. I get it, right? But when you start getting subjects at level six and below even this, but there's levels below six that people don't even know about. You could drive the subject so deep where they don't remember any of it, you can literally tell them anything, and they're in, they're in, they're all in,
0: yeah. Esdale State, and I've studied yep. some of these things, and
1: yep. there's there's levels below six. I, I we achieve them every night on the stage.
0: <laughs> well, okay, we can get into that off the air because we're both fanatical. Yep. I've been doing hypnosis with people since 1988. How many years is that? That's a long freaking time. We're both dating. Yep. Let me, go, let me go back to your biography. Okay. Um, your innate gift for recognizing greatness in others has driven your career to global stages where you captivate audiences with inspiring performances in the present day. Rich serves as a coach to stage and clinical hypnotists, as well as entrepreneurs, guiding them through the high stress and ever-changing environment of the corporate and contemporary world. Wow, okay, let's deal with that. Mm -hmm. Dealing with uh, corporate corporate executives. They're in a position of power, and Mm I have found when I deal with them, one of the problems is they misinterpret power as being bullies. They don't know how to keep a vision that's also open to feedback, so they can adjust that vision. They either have no vision. And so they have no team that they can lead or they're so rigid in their vision. They're not open to feedback
1: from the team members. So how do you, first of all, do you see that problem? No question about it. You know, it's like, um you know, Michael Corleone um, in Godfather three, you know, he's telling, you know, how his um long trusted um, friend, you know, Don Tomasino, he goes, why were you so loved? And I was so feared, you know, because those are the two leading styles. You lead through the consent of the followers or you lead through the fear, you know, you know, th- through attrition. Um, and both effective. However, you know, when you have the consent of the followers and the love of the followers, you become the massively effective leader. You know, you should have a little bit of, you know, uh, power and authority in there, obviously. But when you have the loyalty of the followers, they, they'll, they'll follow you into battle no matter what. And a true leader can make that happen. A true leader um, has his vision and shows the followers, hey, this is my vision. You guys want to come along on the ride? And it's, the vision is almost larger than him now. But he doesn't lead with the iron fist. He leads with let's, let's all come together. And he gives credit to all his underlings Right. saying, hey, you're all part of this. I want you to be part of this. Where instead, the iron fist leader, I am the leader. You're going to follow my directions. Here's what we're going to do. And then you get resentment. And then all of a sudden, then you have the most dangerous employee is the employee who thinks he's smarter than the main guy. Yes, That's a very dangerous, that's a, that's a dangerous individual. He's the poison pill. He takes, you know, he poisons the rest of the group. Um, he steals, you know, and then eventually the whole, the whole can, of, can of worms come apart here. It's, it's ridiculous. But the good leader takes the ego out of it and says, I'm doing this for a larger reason. It's not about me, it's about the better of the better of the world. Like hypnosis world is all about rising the profession of hypnosis. My my goal, I'm 60 years old now, God willing, He gives me the years I need to put hypnosis on the map in a real way. Because I think every single person on the planet needs a hypnotist. Yet hypnosis is totally ununderstood by the masses. Nobody nobody in as hypnotists, we have the um the the ability that we, we have experience, we have knowledge. So we know that work can get done at level three. We understand, I understand that. You guy can lose weight, quit smoking or whatever. But the general public at large doesn't understand that. They only see what they see on TV in the movies. They see zombies. So if you don't give them the zombie effect, they dismiss it and say that wasn't <laughs> real. I'm
0: rich. I'm laughing because I think most people are walking around as zombies, they're walking around as sleepwalkers. They're already in a trance, they're in a pathological trance, they're in a trance of self limitation, self attack, repeating mistakes, social programming, and a trance of not being able to think for themselves. I frankly think we live in a deliberately numbed out and dumbed down population that's been done i'm just going to spill it and we can get into weird theories because i don't give a fuck this is my show but i think (laughs) it's a deliberate deliberate intent and campaign to numb people out and dumb them down and give them the attention span of that because a population like that cannot participate in a republic what do you think
1: i listen and, and artificial intelligence proves it because now, and, and I'm, I'm very sad to see this happen, but very studious individuals, smart people are saying, oh, man, I got this artificial intelligence tool now. I mean, it's great. It writes all my stuff for me. I was like, no, 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 please don't do that. Because now it's taking away another skill set. You know, all right, so you're in the same age category as me. Remember, we used to, I used to have every cell phone, every number memorized, every cell, every phone number memorized. Hey, you have to call that guy. Oh, that's the, that's the distributor for the t-shirts? Yeah, it's 731-444-6354. And you'll be able to rattle the numbers off. Now everything's in the cell phone, right? You don't, you don't, you don't remember any numbers anymore. Nobody, that's a skill set that's gone. Artificial intelligence is going to do the exact same thing. It's going to dumb down even the smart people because it's taken another skill set away. Write your stuff. Put your good material out there. You know, show the world what you have. Don't have artificial intelligence write your stuff for you. You know, <laughs> oh man, it, it's it's driving me insane. When I hear this, <laughs> man, it's here, here we go. You know, it almost makes me glad I'm old because you know we're this, not
0: old, we're seasoned,
1: we're like seasoned, blind, yeah, we're seasoned veterans. But man, it, where where we're we going? I just want to get hit. I have to teach people that hypnosis is real and it can help your life. That's my goal. That's my vision. My vision is to make it where everybody can now use hypnosis to make their life better. It's the most important tool we have available. And yes, I agree. You know, we're getting um we're getting watered down. We're getting it's getting um yeah, and it's it's scary. It's scary to watch it happen.
0: Everyone has a different definition of uh, this is really I think the most enjoyable thing for me as a host because we can delve into things that that are not necessarily in the biography. Biographies are pacifiers for the host and pacifiers for the guest. And we're both grown and powerful adults and don't need them. Richard Bandler and John Grinder, who Richard Bandler, not John, was my initial mentor. And Richard and John used to love teasing people by saying, there's no such thing as hypnosis and everything is hypnosis. What is your response to that?
1: Actually, you know what? As, as prolific as that, it's true, really. You, you know, um we, when you say we all walk around in a, in a state of hypnosis, I'm a very difficult subject to formally hypnotize. I would, you know, I, again, you know, um, it's like playing chess. You know, it's like me going, like going to my psychiatrist. Right? You know, it's it's hilarious because because I read all the same books, I know all the same stuff. We're playing chess. We're going toe to toe with all the with all the material. It's really hilarious. So the fact that I'm a poor subject to be formally hypnotized, I'm still walking around sometimes in a daze where these if this information is like flowing into me almost like I'm, I'm the antenna. And I can do it all the time. And I can almost do it at will now. So that's a form of hypnosis. Yet to be formally hypnotized and be And I would love to be on a show and do all the wacky stuff and wake up two hours later and have them show me the video. And like, Oh man, that's me doing all that stuff. I'm dancing like a ballerina. Right. I would love to do that and participate, but it's just not maybe not in the cards for me, but yes. um, Everybody's being hypnotized and there's no such thing as hypnosis. It's it's true. It's, but it's, it's a double-edged sword. You know, what, what are we going to, how are we going to define hypnosis? You know, we can define the formal state where they're super deep and at you know, they can do with anything you want or the highway hypnosis where you drive on the road and 15 minutes later, you don't even know how you got there. Or if I may,
0: falling in love. If you can't think of anything more hypnotic, we hallucinate away the other person's flaws. Everyone is warning you, look out for the red flag, look out for the red flag and this one and that one. And you just don't see it. It's negative hallucination. The we, on. Well, you literally hallucinate it away, and then when you the whole thing falls to shit, you hallucinate away all the good things and only see the red flags. If, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't think that hypnotic techniques, uh, if if hypnotic processes are running your life, you need to wake up. And this is one of the reasons why. I meditate because through meditation, I can see all those patterns arising without programming them back in. I think it's, I don't know if you meditate, if not, I strongly suggest it. it's a really yeah. good way to dehypnotize yourself from the things that are not useful.
1: No, no question about it. You know, I, I, I practice it. Plus it keeps me relaxed, keeps my blood pressure down. Yeah. I, it's It's a very good practice that everybody should be doing.
0: Let's dive in a little bit more into your process for serving your clientele. So who is your typical, you know, some people say the riches are in the niches. And do you have niches
1: that you work with? Or are you just out there saying? Here's. Uh, well, I, I want to help everybody, you know, it because this is a tool. I, I, you know, I feel hypnosis has been, been extremely great to me. And I think, in fact, I know that every person on the planet needs the hypnosis, every single person. There's nobody on the planet who doesn't need it, it, it who, who can't benefit from it in in many different ways. So that's number one. Number two, I think that see, what's what's the best way to put this? Rich people and regular people shouldn't have more access. One, one, one or one of the, one or the other. I, I'm, I like to help everybody and I like to keep my stuff as simple as possible. So that way everybody can assimilate to it. Everybody, everybody can afford it. Everybody can do it. So yes, I have high-end clients that will, they pay anything to just do one-on-one sessions or something. Like well, no, I want just you. I want, I just, I just want just me and you because most of the times I do groups, but because the group, They all want the same thing. They want a better life. They want to make more money. They want to get better relationships. You know, they want to be able to relax more, right? So the average guy wants, that's the average person wants that. But there's some people who just say, but listen, I want to just work one-on-one. I I got the money. I'll pay you. So they'll literally pay for the entire group. I know. (laughs) know, And listen, it is what it is. But my real happiness comes from taking care of the masses. Because I always consider myself a regular guy. So yes, I've done well, but I'm still a regular, I used to be a car mechanic when I was a kid. My dad was a car mechanic. I wanted to be a car mechanic too. When I was 15 years old, I used to fix cars. I, I come from regular stock. My parents weren't rich. In fact, we were, we were pretty much broke. So I like to work with regular people and show them how to have the better life. And that's what hypnosis can give to them. So yes, I will do group sessions for those people and I keep it extremely simple. All my processes are, are extremely simple. Everybody, anybody can do it. You don't have to be a scholastic individual. You don't have to be a super smart. You don't have to be super rich to be able to take these materials and make your life better. And that's my that's my real goal. That's what hypnosis world is all about. It's about helping the masses and exposing hypnosis and explaining what it is. Hey, it's not this crazy witch doctor stuff. It's not Harry Potter. This is real stuff that you could, everybody's got the tools. I'm showing you how to turn them on, I'm showing you how to use them.
0: I want to make one more point and then I want to give you the opportunity to tell my audience how they can stay in the conversation with you if you have a free gift, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Many years ago, I had a mentor, uh, a genius, one of the best hypnotists I've ever met. Not a particularly nice guy, uh, unethical in how he did business, but i that's all great because what he taught me is more than worth what he cost me. And one day, I early on, in my tutelage with him, I said, hey, blank, can you get someone to do something against their will with hypnosis? He said, and this was his answer, Rich, and it really, really affected the way I look at it. He said, technically, no, but the vast majority of people don't have a will. If you define will as a strong focus that's aligned with your vision and your values, They don't have it. They have little wishes and desires that contradict each other and flit through their mind like little butterflies, and they don't have a will. I would like to get your response to that.
1: Well, he's partially correct. Of course, there's a large portion of the population who are like, eh, whatever, man, let's let's do it. I had those people come on the stage every single night. Hey, man, I don't even believe in this stuff, but let me see what happens, right? They don't care. So he's partially correct there. However, if you dig deep into every single person, there's things that are not in their capacity, not in their normal repertoire, you know, right? So most people aren't sociopaths. Most people aren't killers. So let's let's go all in. Let's say, all right, let's, let's go as, as far out onto the limb as possible here. Let's make somebody the killer, the Manchurian candidate. Most people don't have the capacity for that they don't right They don't have the because even like tough guys, you know you they, they know I remember um, what was the movie um, True Romance where the guy goes um, he's talking about you know his first kill and I was puking, throwing up. He, now here's a, a tough guy who's joining the mafia. Even he doesn't have the stomach for the first crack. He said the second crack wasn't, wasn't on Mardi Gras either, but it was a little better than the first one. But the third one, he says, you start leveling out. So these are, And now this is a t- sociopath, tough guy. The average public is never going to be a killer. So let's take that one and go all in and let's go all, all the way out on the limb. If you get the subject deep enough and make the story real enough, you could turn anybody into that killer, into that maturing candidate. So you're not a killer. However, if we say they got you cornered, you make the story so real, you got them super deep, you fractionated the money many times over the course of a half hour to an hour. I keep fractionating, fractionating, push them out, push them out onto the limb a little bit further, push them, push them,
0: push them. Pause just a second. I know what that means, fractionate. Can you please very briefly explain what that means?
1: Right. So in other words, so the subject comes up a little bit, they bring them down a little deeper. Take, Take them a little bit. Oh, but boom! They, they drive milit- so it's almost right. like pounding in a pounding right. in this boot, right? Pounding I learned in this.
0: I learned this from Richard Bandler's training
1: partner, John Laval. He taught yep. me. So you are fractionating, you are fractionating, bang, bang, bang! You're digging them deeper and deeper. You di- you're digging a giant hole under them. Boom! They're they're in the hole now. All of a sudden, now I put a scenario together. Oh. There's the guy. Oh man. Who is that guy? Oh man, he's breaking through the house. Oh man, he's doing that, right? He's he's got a gun. He's gonna kill, you. he's gonna stab your kids. He's gonna stab your kid. Get him, get him, here's the gun. Pow, pow, pow. And he double taps the guy. Because I made the story so I got the subject so deep and made the story real enough where now they become a totally different person.
0: And this to me leads to a closing point which is we're always telling ourselves stories. We always have narratives. And I think when you can assist people in the deep trance state or whatever you, metaphor you want to use to change their narratives, then you begin to see not just incremental changes. Like I know both of us with our skill sets could take someone who's afraid of snakes and get rid of it like that. But when you can train people to see their narratives, to no longer look through their patterns, but to look at them and have the choice to reinterpret them. When you can get them at that level, you have generalized change. <clears throat> Excuse me, that's not incremental, it's exponential. And I think you are one of the few people in the world, in addition to our friend Chase and some other people who are capable of doing that. So I salute you in your power. And I also think there's a profound kindness in you. And I think. That when someone is powerful, there's the safety factor. The lady I'm currently dating said to me, I feel very safe with you. And she also said, I make her red hot. And I said, well, which one of those feeds into the other? And she said, I'm not sure. But you know what, Paul? If it weren't for the fact that you make me feel so very safe, I wouldn't let the other stuff come out. So I think you have a kindness in you that allows people to feel safer around you. I'm not just talking about the hypnotic report techniques, which I know you've got, which I know you teach your clients. And we'll get to that in a minute. I think you have a kindness in you that cannot be duplicated and that cannot be installed. That's just my opinion. Speak to that for one yeah, minute. I, I, yeah, I,
1: appreciate, I appreciate you noticing because I had this, you know, New York, Brooklyn, tough guy persona, but it. I'm a big bet. Ba- I'm a mush when it comes when it gets down to it. I know, you know, I listen. And again, I don't feel sorry for myself that my mom did what she did. You know, it it, it may be who I am. And it shows me that, you know what? I don't want this to happen to other people. I want other people to go out and break the records, break your own record, you know, do your own thing, you know, be the best you can possibly be. Because if, if a, like a lunk like me can do it, you can do it too. I'm the average guy, self-help guy, you know. So I don't sell my stuff to the highest bidder. I show everybody, this is how you make your life better. Like I said, I'm not a schooled individual. I'm not a, um, a scholastic guy. I'm just a guy who grinded it out for the past, you know, you know, well, I'm 60 years old, but I've been doing this since I'm a kid, you know, in survival mode. So if I can grind it out, you can too. Let me show you how to make this happen. You can do this. Everybody's got it inside them. They really do. Everybody has some type of greatness inside of them. Show it to the world. Just, just do it, man. And um, you'll see, people will treat you different. You're gonna be, you're gonna be happier for it. Um, It's all about momentum. You know, you you get the momentum going up instead of momentum going down. Man, you're gonna see how life, life just becomes beautiful. It just really does. Um, Every, I'm always trying to build the momentum, the up, the upward stream for people.
0: I, I appreciate that. Uh, Power and kindness. And joy, power, kindness, and joy and capability to me when you combine those things, make a better life for everyone around you. And on that note, I want to thank you. But before we let you go, how do people stay in the conversation with you? I don't know when this is going to air. I know you have an event coming up two weeks from today, but we don't know when yeah. this will air. So exactly. how, do people, how do people stay in the conversation with you, Rich?
1: It's, I'm, I'll listen. First of all, I'm super easy to find. You can Google me. You find me right away. However, here's what, I, here's what I'd like you to do. Go to hypnosisworld.com. Hypnosisworld.com has got lots of cool resources on there to make your life better. Um, If you're already a hypnotist, it's really got a lot of it's action packed. But if you even are just a, um, a person who is a, an enthusiast, wants to find out how hypnosis can help them, that material is there as well. I also have a thing where if you become like um, if you sign up for the Hypnosis World mailing list, there um, I send you all kinds of really cool um, resources. Um, And in fact, I'm even going to throw in that it factor checklist we talked about. Um, So the it factor I told you was the the five ingredients, but this really spells out all the tools you need, all the areas what's going to elevate your persona. And I, I I'm always about reputation. Your persona and reputation building, if you do that, 80% of the job is done. So I'm going to put that in as, as an additional resource um, that, that comes with the Hypnosis World mailing list thing. Uh, but that's that's the best way to get in touch with me. And I, I'm, my phone number and my email is on my website. People can actually call me up. And it's what's interesting is the fact people say, you put your you put your phone number on the website? Yeah, I do. And here's my cell phone right here. People don't abuse it. And I have 500,000 fans on my mailing list. Five, a half a million <laughs> And you know what? My phone doesn't ring off the hook with crazy people. And I think that's the reason is because I'm accessible. If you take something away and say, you know, you can't, you don't, don't call me. Then everybody wants to call like, Hey, don't go in that room. And I sudden, who do they do? They go in the room. But if my phone is there and I'm available all the time, Hey, I can call this guy anytime I want. They don't call unless They really need
0: something. I don't give out my number because all the nerd boys who know me from the seduction world, who want a <laughs> fanboy on me. We'll call me 24-7 and I don't know what to do. <laughs> All right, Rich, thanks. Stay on the uh, line with me after we go off the air because I want to have a brief discussion. Everyone, we've had another fantastic guest and we'll see you on the next episode of The Influencer's Edge. Bye now. The Influencer's Edge is brought to you by the Invisible Influence Series. If you're ready to massively increase your sales by leveraging the power of subconscious persuasion, then make sure you text the word COMPEL to 411321. That's COMPEL to 411321. And if you're outside of the United States, then use WhatsApp and text the word COMPEL to 1. 909-741-1321. Make sure you put in your best email address because that's how we'll deliver the goodies. Thank you for tuning in to the Influencer's Edge, where you get the latest breakthroughs, cutting edge insights, tools, and techniques so you can leapfrog over the pack in sales, influence, and persuasion. Remember to visit our website at www.theinfluencersedge.com to enjoy even more great episodes like this one. We look forward to seeing you again on The Influencers Edge Show.